Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Today on Barbecue and Tech, we'll touch on how to use reminders to facilitate a cook and how to barbecue for a large group of people. All that coming up next. up my man we had a great barbecue and while it wasn't a large group of people we you probably cooked enough food for good 50 people uh at least 50 people but uh what's up my friends listening to the episode one of barbecue and tech you guys asked for it you got it we're back we're gonna keep doing this thing Shout out to all the folks that was hitting me up on Twitter, man. The response was so lovely and so uh, overwhelming. I was really appreciated it because I've been thinking about this for a long time. Is this something that's viable people would actually want to listen to? And overwhelmingly, the answer was yes. So we're going to do it. We're going to mess around with this and uh, see uh, how we continue to uh, uh, make this thing grow and uh, you know, see if we can help some folks out with their barbecue. My favorite part probably was you get to see people, people were sending photos of their setup. So you got to see like what their barbecue setup looks like. It's always nice to see that. And then more important, you get to see the food they're cooking. So it also gives you an idea of a new challenge you want to, you want to tackle or take on. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I love sure. it. Yeah. Definitely keep hitting us up on Twitter. I know Chris loves getting, uh, some chats on Twitter. And whenever you want to tag me on those, I like it because, uh, again, I love seeing the setups. Yeah, I love seeing the the smokers that everybody's using. I love seeing the food. I just love. I like looking at barbecue. I like you know, aside from just eating it, and um, you know, some of the feedback was super uh, constructive. So you know, there's a lot of people listening, and people in other countries. So uh, where I went in and explained the difference between barbecue and grilling, uh, we had a comment from Australia that was like, "Yeah, we're like kind of the opposite." <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny, um, but it's cool. And uh, I want to make sure that we, you know, don't go, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is to really kind of help the backyard pit master, right? You know, everybody has dreams, at least uh, some, you know, sometimes of being out there on this, on the barbecue circuit. But the reality is, you know, a lot of us just don't have time for that. But if I can take some of the experience that I have to elevate your backyard game then why not be the best pit master in your own backyard you know what i mean why not so i'd probably go a slightly different route well you like i know that you would love to potentially do a competition at some point in time i'd probably say most people 
who are probably listening to this just want to do an amazing barbecue. And as they're walking around and listening to people talk, have someone say, this is the best barbecue I've ever had. Cause that, that is a testament to what you, what all the work you did leading up to this moment in time where everything just fully comes together and people are like, I've never had barbecue this good. Like, yes, that's, that's I should good. be clear that when I say we have dreams of it, doesn't mean that we're going to do it or really, you know what I'm saying? But who, you know, if you were out there barbecuing for years, you know, who wouldn't just kind of think about hoisting that trophy and being grandmaster out of it? But the reality is, when, you know, we're never going to get together a team and go through the effort. Well, not never, but, you know, it's just most times people got things to do. So why not be able to sit out back and, uh, you know, do your thing? And like you said, get that compliment that, is overwhelming because the last barbecue we did, we had the great Steve and Allison Sheridan hanging out with us. You know, a lot of people listening to this podcast uh, know them and, and love them. And we had an opportunity to get together and do some barbecue together. And uh, man, it was awesome. The food was great. Um, not, you know, I always feel I can do better, but nobody spit the food on the floor. So I think we did okay. <laughs> so, um, for those who aren't aware, uh, Allison and Steve are from the NoSillaCast um, app, Apple Podcast. It's a, or I was going to say Macintosh, but it is an Apple Podcast. So, if you want to catch up there, and it was nice. We had a COVID-friendly get together. We've known. I, I feel like I've known Allison now for probably 12, 13, maybe 14 years. And I think mm-hmm. Chris, you probably somewhere same. just a little sh- uh, somewhere around the same amount of time. But Chris had never met. Allison in real life where I'd had the fortunes and, and uh, our our fellow podcaster had the fortunes of meeting them in real life. So we had a COVID uh, friendly get together and um, we did a big barbecue. And, yeah, she uh, had a bucket list. Yeah. Chris's goal was he wanted to make sure that when we laid out the barbecue, they were able to sample everything. And we will get into what we made as we get into uh, uh, how to cook for a large group. But let's jump right now into using reminders. And are you talking reminders on my phone or is there something else you're going for there? Because the first thing when I first read this topic, I was like, is he just talking about like a timer that I put, you know, like push into the food and using that? What what do you what do you mean when you say leveraging reminders for your cook? So, you know, very, very simply. And I, I, and that's one of the things I want people to kind of take away from my conversations is I actually strive to make my cooks as simple as possible. And, you know, of course that makes and involves using technology. Now, not all the technology is the most expensive or the most secretive. You know what I mean? Sometimes this stuff right in front of your face is the best tool for the job. And in this particular case, you know, literally the reminders on your phones can be so invaluable when it comes to doing barbecue because you, you get busy, you know, you're at home, you got kids, you got, you know, whether you're got TV or you're doing yard work or anything while the stuff's on the smoker, but you have responsibilities while you're cooking certain foods and to not forget those things is important. And even you know, when you're getting late in the day and you're saying, okay, I'm going to, I need to eat at like four o'clock. So that means that brisket that I'm making has to go on overnight. That's the only way. Or I got to get up at like three in the morning or something like that, but that's still kind of cutting it close. So you really need to do it overnight and then let it rest depending on the size of the brisket. So when you got something like that and you forget to light the smoker, 
you know, your whole day can be ruined just off the gate. So, you know, what I realized, and that happened to me, I was like, you know, I was dozing off, kind of, you know, fell asleep and, uh, and I forgot to put the brisket on and I jumped up and was in a panic. And, you know, this, you know, if you have a pellet smoker, not such a big deal because they light up so quickly, but you know, our stick burners, they take, they can take a little bit to get up to temperature. So wait a second, step back for a second. Yeah. You you didn't put you forget, like because if you're cooking a brisket and you forget to put the brisket on, it seems like you forgot a fundamental thing. Did you just were you just waiting like to the right time to put the brisket on and you dozed off, or did you light the smoker and you, your mind just thought you put the brisket on? You never did. No, I actually forgot to light the smoker ahead of time, right? To get okay. the brisket on on time, right? And this was for a tailgate, and we leave early in the morning um, to get to the game. So when I do briskets for uh, uh, for a tailgate, I want it resting on the way to the tailgate so that by the time we get to eat, it's fully rested. And I and I dozed off waiting for the time to light the smoker and I never lit the smoker on time, which you guys had burgers at the tailgate. No, I just got to the game late. (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't substitute that. You know, if that's the menu, that's the menu. Um, so yeah, it's, so it sucked. Yeah. Did it ruin everything? No, of course not. Yeah. Everybody understands. And it just took a you know, little finagling, but what the reality is, you know, be setting your reminders for a few things definitely is, is super helpful. One, number one. So when I, even when we did this, um, barbecue, this, this, uh, two weeks, a week ago, I set my reminder to light the smoker. I was gaming. I was in a competitive game mode and those things get intense. And I literally, my phone went off and I was like, after this match, we got to take a pause. I got to go light the smoker because it's not just lighting the smoker, right? You got to light the smoker. It's got to get up to temperature. And then on top of that, you want to get your wood in there burning so that it starts to burn clean, right? Because if you, I'm sure everybody listening has done this once or twice where you put the wood on and you put the meat in right away. And then when you're eating the meat, you're like, man, this isn't quite smoky flavor. It's like a bitter flavor. And that's because the wood hadn't burned off uh, up front. So you put it on too soon. You When you look at your smoke coming out of your smoker, you want it to be like a clear blue, bluish uh, type of smoke. That's when you're burning clean, as it's called. So you put it on too soon. You know, sometimes you see this white billowing smoke and that stuff tastes gross. So, you know. Don't don't put your food on too soon. So that's why you want to make sure you have plenty of time so that wood is burning nice and clean and the smoker is nice and hot into the temperature you want it to be. So when the food goes on, it's cooking right away and then you can move forward. So, you know, so one example, lighting your smoker. Second example, when to put the brisket on. Third example, uh, some, you know, if you're doing a brisket and, uh, you know, you have that heat coming from the outside to the uh, to the top of the meat. And so Oftentimes, you're going to want to spray the top of a brisket, the top of a pulled pork, the top of ribs, because you want to keep it moist so that the top doesn't dry out while it's cooking. So you can set up reminders to what, you know, spray your spray your brisket every 30 minutes and stuff like that. Um, you know, if you're doing if you're putting on a dinner and you're doing sides, why not, you know, make sure you have, you know, when your sides are supposed to go in. So um, if, you know, you don't have to try to put everything in your brain and just remember everything out of the gate, use your reminders. It's a simple thing. It's a great tool, 
Um, if you have a timer that supports multiple timers, that's also a great substitute. But for me, I have no problem asking the phone assistant on my phone to say, set up a reminder or a timer for this, set up a reminder for that. And, um, yeah, you'll be surprised how much easier and, you know, it, it does when it leads into when you do these things and leading into the, the, you know, the next topic for today, which is, um, how to prepare for a large barbecue. So I'd probably say, I know where you're a huge, I, I don't mind reminders, but what I don't, for me, what I don't like about reminders, especially for something that is, I, I'll call it pretty critical, like, like your smoke, like the smoker, um, is reminder can pop up and you just, you know, you don't hear it. Um, or you're away from your phone and you come back and a reminder doesn't continue to go off. I, I love, um, the alarm. Um, because for example, if I know that, you know, we're eating dinner at, you know, let's say six o'clock tonight, I'm going to make homemade barbecue sauce and I need to start that by four. I'll set an alarm to let me know at like three 30, um, that I need like, and that alarm goes off. And then I have a reminder that supports that alarm. So the, Alarm goes off. And even if I'm like, what the heck was that alarm for? The reminder is there now on screen because the, the alarm will just continue to go off. The reminder is on screen to let me know, oh, yeah, I got to go start chopping up um, like the onions and stuff like that to mm-hmm. and garlic so I can go to making the barbecue sauce. But I, I, I do like that idea. So on this cook that we did, mm-hmm. and I'm going to transition because I think this is a, a good point to talk about this large barbecue. Um, you made four chickens. Two briskets, and I know one was for your uh, your godson, but one was for the the, the group they were eating with. So four yep. chickens, a yep. brisket, four racks of ribs, yep, pulled pork, yep. Did I miss anything? Uh, salmon. Oh, and the salmon. All right. So, and that's all for. Well, I, mean, I know that your family was here, so that's three. My family six, and then we had uh, Rob, Allison, and um, Steve. Steve. So um, six, nine. So you're only talking 12 people. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more food. Oh, definitely way more food than was needed for that amount of people. However, you know, I don't necessarily cook small. And when I have a large, I think it comes from my mom. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. The worst feeling in the world when you have uh, uh, you're putting on a some an event is when you run out of some type of dish that you made. It's the best feeling because people were housing it, but it's the worst feeling because you feel like you underprepared for it. And so I would much rather have leftovers than run out of something. See, this is where I'll disagree with you, because if you were to go to Franklin's restaurant, he's like, I serve brisket till it's gone. I didn't underprepare for it. I made how much brisket I need to make. So that I didn't have anything left over. And I, I feel that way about, I, no, here's the thing. If you run out of all your food, that's a whole different story. But if you figure that you're cooking for 12 people, if you're only making a brisket, you don't want to run out of brisket. But if you're making brisket, chicken, this, your, your, my assumption is that everybody's going to get a little bit of everything. But if you're late to the party, you may not get brisket or you may not get ribs. You may not get the thing that people like the most. And you might have to sacrifice. And that's that I think that's my approach to cooking is that I don't want to because if you figure half a pound of brisket per person for 12 people, obviously, you're not making a six pound. You make I mean, we made like an 18 pound brisket. But I guess I'd slightly approach a different way and say it's okay to run out of one type of food. It's just not okay to say I have nothing left unless you're selling it. Hey, that's perfectly fair. And I'm not telling you know, nothing I say is law. It's just the way that I approach things. 
because it's just how I'm wired and how I'm built. And, uh, you know, I think the difference when you mentioned Franklin's barbecue is that he's not inviting guests, right? So <laughs> <laughs> these are people showing up to get it. So show up when you can sit outside at five o'clock in the morning, which I will do one day and get what, get it while it's getting good. But to me, when you're inviting guests and you're putting on a show, it's your responsibility to make sure everybody comes happy, stays, stays happy and leaves happy. That's just me. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's at least one person listening who says, I feel the same way as Chris. And I, I'm one who says, when I'm putting on a show, I'm, <laughs> I'm making sure that everybody can be fed. I'm um, the maestro. Show yeah, up. <laughs> what, what they eat. Cause then you run into the problem is that do I make enough brisket so that everybody could have a fill of brisket, a fill of ribs, mm. a fill of chicken, a fill of salmon? A f- At some point in time, you run out of food, but all right, let's, how did you like, cause that's a lot of food to smoke yeah. and have it all hopefully coalesce around the same time that you're ready to go. So run me through how you got this organized and, and how we got it done. So number one, uh, when is to really understand roughly what your cook times are. Right. And you know, it's pretty simple. Um, you know, your brisket and your pulled pork are going to take the longest. Your chicken and salmon are the sh- your shortest and the ribs will be somewhere in between. So from there, it's really just about kind of counting backwards, right? So what time do you want to eat? Uh, we wanted to eat around three o'clock. Now we were late because we, we actually recorded a podcast, but we wanted to eat around three o'clock. So I'm like, okay, if I want to do a brisket, and this, this brisket was about, both briskets were roughly about 15 pounds. And um, I want to eat at three. I know at the very least that thing's got to rest for two hours. So I got to take those two hours off. Right. And so I already know it's definitely going on at midnight. And then so that it's ready and somewhere in that 10, 11, 12 hour, it can rest. It can rest longer. No problem. Um, it rest in that time frame, And then. You know, we'll be ready to eat. When, now, when, you're, you're resting in a caterade. So yeah. the one thing nice about that is that when you put it in there, it's no different than if someone just took the brisket, put it in a pan and put it in a cooler, is that all the heat stays in. It doesn't yep. – can it cooks a tiny bit, but it just stays perfectly warm. So when we pulled that brisket out, even though it had come off at around 10, 30, 11, um, and we cut it at – it wasn't until almost like 5, 6 o'clock. Yeah, it was about 5. When yeah. we pulled it out, it was still hot. It was still hot. It was steamy in there. Yeah, this the caterade is one of the best things I've ever purchased. You want to be able to pull it, keep it hot, and keep it moving. Same thing with the pulled pork. They actually did the uh, the pork shoulder. I finished first, and uh, but the same thing, right? You want to be able to pull it out, and uh, just I and I it, the nerve wracking part of it is I pull it out. I don't even look at it. It goes straight into caterade. So whether it looks good, not good, I have no idea. I don't open it. I don't peek at it. I just trust the process. Now, whether it failed or not, there's nothing you can do about that, right? If you trust your process, just trust it. You know, you've been cooking brisket and practicing for a while. Um, you know, if you haven't and you're still learning, you, you know, you may, you know, you, 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 you just keep going until you figure out what your process is. And we'll talk about that on a, probably on another episode, specifically what I do to cook a brisket. But overnight, the brisket and the, the pork shoulder went on. So they're cooking, obviously, same temperature. You're not using two different smokers. Right. And that's the other thing, too, right, is the the temperature I cooked those at was at 250. So when I know, uh, and I've cooked as low as 225 and as high as 300. But I know between 250, 275, 
they'll cook nice and smooth and nice and even. And, you know, I should be, by the time I wake up, they should be close to the stall, if not at the stall. When I talk about the stall, that's that normally at that 165 range where you just start sweating bullets because you're like, man, this thing's been on for two hours and the temperature hasn't moved one single bit. That's called a stall. It will start to go back up again. Um, and when it's, as soon as it starts to raise for me or it hits 165, that's when I'll wrap it. Um, pending that it has the outside color that I want. But when I wake up in the morning, I go, first thing I do is grab my phone, check the temperature because I can recheck the temps on those, those meats remotely from the bed, which is awesome. And that plays a little bit into how well you sleep, right? Because if you don't have the confidence that your cook is going to go smoothly while you sleep, it's a miserable night. And I've been there, you know, many times where I'm just like, oh my God, I hope this goes well, you know, and you don't sleep well, but I've been on both sides of that. Wake up in the morning, saw both pieces of meat were almost to 160. So I was like, perfect, perfect overnight cook. Uh, so the first thing I do is I go down, I check the level of charcoal, make sure we're good. You know, maybe throw in a little bit more wood to start burning more wood. And it's okay if you're already burning. I just put in some small pieces so they don't come out billowing smoke. It just keeps that smoke flavor rolling, even though by then pretty much all the smoke flavor is it to meat that's possible. Yep. So by then what I'm going to do, I'm going to wake up, make sure everything's good with the smoker. Then I start prepping the next thing that's going to go on. So I'm like, okay, ribs stick. I stick to the pretty much the standard three, two, one method. So that's three in the smoker, two wrapped and one, you know, to firm with the outside. That's, I kind of use that as my guide. Most of the times my smoker ends up cooking ribs in about four hours, but that was just the kind of the guide in my head. So I'm like five hours for ribs backwards from three o'clock, you know, ribs got to be on by 10. So okay. you get up in the morning, you're probably seasoning the ribs at this point in time. Exactly so the right. seasoning gets nice and tacky on the ribs before you get them onto the smoker. hundred percent. So, right. you know, I'll hit them with some mustard on the outside that'll help the, uh, the seasoning stick to the rib, you know, use it as a sticking agent. Um, then I want that rib to start sweating because the salt and the seasoning will start, you know, making the ribs sweat so, and the moisture will start rising to the top. And then that, that seasoning will start to get tacky on the outside. So right at 10 o'clock, those bad boys are going on. Now, of course, a lot of this is pending that you have a smoker big enough to handle all of this food like I do. But, uh, you know, if not, you just have to gauge your, your amounts by the size of your smoker. Um, but yeah, so ribs went on at 10 o'clock and then I was kind of sailing from there. Right. So um was watching the, the brisket and the pork shoulder until they were time to wrap. OK, once it was time to wrap those guys, went ahead and wrapped them, moved them up. And then moved the you left the ribs where they were. They were kind of in the middle, and uh, just that way I could let those ride out. Um, once the pulled pork hit temperature and uh, pulled that off, threw it in the caterade, let it start to rest. The brisket actually fought me a little bit this time around, but you know it's going to happen. Um, and when I say fought me, it just took forever to get up to its final temp. Right. Um, and I like to take it up to about two hundred five. Um, but once it hit, pulled that off. By the time I pulled that off, it was time to wrap the ribs. So I went ahead and wrapped the ribs. Um, and, I, you know, I just do like a foil and, you know, some brown sugar and stuff, wrap them, put them back in. So I'm on, I'm feeling good. You know, the pulled pork is done. The brisket is done. They're resting. I mean, done for cooking, but they're still resting. Ribs are rolling along quite nicely. Got great color on them. Only thing left is the chicken and the salmon. And uh, so 
while the ribs are cooking, we recorded the podcast. I'm watching the temperatures. As soon as we finished recording the podcast, I ran upstairs, grabbed the chickens, seasoned up the chickens, and then brought those back down. And uh, the ribs were done halfway through the podcast. So I pulled the ribs and let those rest. And then at this point, now I'm like, I got ribs and salmon left. And that's it. So I'm going to crank up the temperature on my smoker to about 300 to make sure I get a nice skin on the uh, chicken. And then um, the salmon will cook fine, you know, I, you know, at any time, really. Yeah, um, salmon's th- 45 minutes top. Tops, you, you know what I mean? So I put the salmon on. Um, and one of the things I'd like to do is, depending on how long the food takes to cook, is where it will sit on the smoker. So salmon cooks pretty quickly. So I'm not, so I put that more towards the top. And uh, the chicken obviously takes longer. So if there's any bacteria from the salmon that drips, the chicken will outcook it, right? So that's one thing to keep in mind. You know, if you, you know, you take pork up to about generally about up to 165, um, 170, if you know, depending on how you're feeling, um, you know, beef, you, you know, you can take to a lower temperature, you know, it, depending on what you're doing, but obviously with brisket, you're going to take it up probably close to 200, but just yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Very as you're placing your foods is to, is, you know, if whichever one it's going to drip, obviously it's going to cook. Um, cook through and you, you know, it's not going to ruin anything, but just strategically place things in with the, with that. Just keep that in the back of your head is the cook temperatures that they go to, you know, which one will outcook the other. Yep. Um, but in the end, um, the salmon was done, took that off, wrapped it, let that rest. And then it was just time to finish up the chicken. So I let the chicken go, um, flipped them over. So I, you know, I started them skin side down. That's my favorite thing to do to kind of help firm up that skin. Uh, flip them over on the other side, let that cook out. Uh, when they were done, pull those guys out, put them in a pan, and there you go, man. You We had pretty much a couple hundred dollars worth of food cooked in a 12-hour span, you know. And then for folks that are doing sides, if you're doing the side yourself, you know, that long cook period time when you've got everything on. So when I had the, the, uh, the brisket and the pulled pork wrapped and the ribs were just starting out, that's the perfect time to do your sides, right? So I ran upstairs, threw some baked beans in the pan, uh, in the pot, started cooking those down. My wife actually made her awesome mac and cheese, so I didn't really have to worry about that one too much. But she was cooking it during that time period. And if I was doing it, it would have been cooked through the same time period. So it's the perfect time to knock out your sides. They come out hot, fresh, ready to rock. And uh, yeah. It's, yeah it's and even if you cool. prep your sides before, like your mac and cheese was prepped the night before, yep. that this is like, I'd probably say when you're about an hour out, this is the time you pull it out of the refrigerator and then you transition it over to the oven at this point in time where you're talking, you're putting yeah. things out. So, and I'm, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I'm big on that during like Thanksgiving and stuff like that because I like to, you know, pre-prep my sides. That way I can just pop them in and out of the oven as need be. But that's that's kind of like, you know, how I approach any large cook. And then from there... You know, if it's a smaller cook, you know, you just adjust your times. And um, I, I don't I, I don't know that what what I what we did for that particular party was probably along the lines of my of my any of my largest, larger smokes, you know, two briskets, four chickens, one pork shoulder, one salmon and sides. Boom. Knocked out. And dare I say, everything was almost perfect. Awesome. Well, and I think uh, from the take of everybody the food came out really good i know that your standards are a little higher you weren't 
your the brisket was probably the one thing that you wanted to be able to slice it, lay it over the knife, and it not break. And you right. you probably missed that by five, ten, maybe fifteen minutes uh, so, on your cook time. Yeah. So there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that uh, is like I are have not ventured down the brisket path, right? And you will eventually. And really the standard is you want to cut it about the width of a pencil. You want to be able to drape it over a knife and hold it in the air and it just flop over the knife and not break. But then you can take it with your hand and it literally just pulls apart without any effort. And so that's kind of like the standard, you know, when, what you're looking for is as far as like a competition. And that's what I shoot for because that tends to be what I like as the best brisket that I can prepare. The problem is that line is so razor sharp between perfect and mediocre. You know what I mean? So for me, it was, you know, it's that, you know, it, I just missed it. Just missed it. I mean, everything tastes good. It was very moist. Um, but I just missed the absolute perfection of the brisket. Um, the second one that I did for my godson actually came out a lot closer to that perfect. So in other words, and, you just uh, gave us the wrong one. I gave us the wrong one. That is exactly right. <laughs> All right. So I know on the next show, just so everybody knows what's coming up, because I, honestly, the cook went off well. Everyone really enjoyed the food. The, the skin on the chicken was perfect. I mean, the salmon was amazing. Um, while I, he may not have won the competition that he went to for this one, um, he won the competition of all of his friends for that one. So coming up in the next episode of Barbecue and Tech, we are actually going to delve into a particular meat to cook. So I think we're probably on the next show, we're going to touch on cooking um, ribs and yep. chicken. Um, so until the next show, Chris, do you have any tips or tricks or picks that you want to recommend for people to get? I, I know for me, it's the meter. I think if you're, I, I, I like it as a, a tech device to use with your cooks. Um, and it's just a little probe you put in your meat as you're cooking, whether you're grilling or you're, um, you're smoking. It's always nice to have a probe that you can insert in. And if you're sitting on the couch, you don't have to run out and open it, open up your smoker. Cause if you're, if you're looking, you're not cooking. And you want to make sure that you leave the smoker closed. So those probes that can go through the smoker and you can uh, and get to those are always good. But which, what would you recommend for people? So let's let's leave it at that one for now, um, because that's something I actually have never had the pleasure of checking out yet. And so it's it's a it's a device that I've heard a lot of good things about and I haven't used it yet. But uh, I, everybody I've talked about that's used it has loved it. So, uh, you know, let's just keep it at one simple one. But let me take a second to thank everybody for uh Checking out episode one of Barbecue and Tech. Uh, let me, and if you guys like the opening to the show, that was done by my man Ilfi. Uh, you can check out Ilfi on Spotify and all the other streaming platforms or www.ilfi.com. Um, same as on TikTok. Um, so we'll, we'll wrap this first episode up here. Um, uh, and we'll, next time you hear us, we'll be talking a bit more specifics on prepping ribs and kind of, you know, what type of things we use around doing ribs so until then we appreciate you Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 